Welcome to the latest episode of Strategy and the Virtual Controller. It's Damien Greathead here. I'm sitting in actually a very sunny but quite chilly Sydney. Uh, my my co-host Penny Breslin, how's uh, how's things in San Diego? Warming up a bit there for you? Yep, it's getting nice and warm. It's late in the afternoon here, so it's a hot. It's starting to heat up. Lovely. And um, apologies to the listeners. I'm a little bit congested after I I've I've managed to dodge COVID for I don't know how long. But um, got on a plane the other day and uh, for our Get Connected series and unfortunately came down with COVID. So I'm still a little bit congested, still a little bit recovering from it, but um, certainly on the backside of it, which is, is much better. But um, <laughs> do apologize for a few sniffles along the way as we go. But Penny, um, you shared an interesting article with me today uh, or last week rather, which was on accounting today and we'll put it up on the website. So if people do want to um, go and have a read for themselves. They can do have a look as well. But it talked about do we obviously the 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 bigger premise is finding good quality accountants, and we've been talking about this for a long time. Still continues to be one of the biggest challenges facing the accounting profession, the accounting industry. Um, we've quite regularly said your next hire shouldn't be another accountant. You shouldn't try to clone yourself, but instead think about how you change the work. But this article says, do we train accountants on technology or do we train technologists in accounting? So Penny, do you want to, do you want to set the article up and then give your insights? Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, I think that based on the people that were wrote in this article and there were, one, two, three, four, five, five people that we, that wrote in this article. And and Penny, let's let's. I mean, it's you know, there's sort of the big names of of, of accounting technology and accounting oh, technology consulting. Yeah, no words. Gary Boomer. Anything. Right. That's what you know. When I saw his name on there, I'll read anything that Gary Boomer writes. Um, and then uh, the next person who who piped in was. Uh, Joe, um, uh, no, Jim. Jim was the next one. Uh, yeah, Jim Burke. He's a partner over at um, the, that firm with them, isn't he? Yeah, and they kind of agreed on stuff uh, that they wrote about that, you know, the technology is before the accountant. Um, and then uh, then it was Joe Woodard and Roman Kopecki. Kapchek. Kapchek, which I just talked to him the other day, so I should have read that. <laughs> uh, but uh, so those two are in the opposite camps. You could hire an accountant and teach them technology. And then Jeannie um, Winehouse, who said, find the right person first. And I am in the camp with Jeannie Winehouse. Well, it was quite good because there were there were four white men to start with, and then thankfully we thankfully we had a, a female voice yeah. as well in there. And and I've I've always believed that you hire the right person. Um, we, you know, we, I've worked with the accounting industry for a long time, and um, in our, my prior life and my uh, prior job, it was quite seasonal because during tax season, um, you know, we really didn't get to talk to accountants back then. Um, there was very little going on except taxes back in the 1990s and early 2000s. And um, so our staff, you know, we had to figure out what to do 
during the off season when there wasn't much to do. And I remember there was this uh, one young guy. And this, there, there was a couple of times actually where there were kids that worked for us that we specifically did not let them go during the slow season. Um, let them have vacation time, certainly. But, um, and part of the reason was that even though their function, which was directly dealing with our clients or accountants, kind of dissipated during tax season, they were such good quality workers that we felt like it was worthwhile to keep them on payroll because invariably they brought new stuff to us. They brought new ideas. They didn't waste their time doing nothing. They did. A, they were the kind of people that actually sought out potential things that they could do that would expand their uh, responsibilities, also help the company. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was a lesson I learned that I've always kept is that a good quality person will find a way to get the job done and find a way to maybe reimagine the job or even find a new type of job task within the company. And um, so I'm, I'm with Jeannie Winehouse on that. You find the person who is like that. You find the person who is not so much – it doesn't matter if they're the technologist or the accountant. Are they the kind of person that you could do something with and grow your company with? And are they interested in doing that? Yeah, absolutely. I um, uh, our, our mutual friend, Chris Fredrickson, I, I was working on the 2020 group with him. And 2020 group was a consulting and membership group for, for accounting firms. But obviously during tax season, um, there's no way that I was doing any consulting with accounting firms and, and whatnot. And they weren't certainly taking my calls, but um, Chris, also, Chris and his wife Tara also had an accounting firm, a CPA practice, and so basically that that's where I sort of had an opportunity to experience what tax seasons were like. And don't get me wrong, I didn't get involved in any of the tax planning or interpreting tax legislation, but I could certainly help out. And and what I really enjoyed was the actual technology side of things and. You know, it was quite a while ago, but we were some of the first um, users of like 1040 scan and OCR technology and and um, and portals and whatnot. And so I was responsible for implementing a lot of those tools. Um, and that's where I sort of saw the opportunity for those for technology um, to play a much more prominent role in an accounting firm. But there's no way that, that Chris or Tara or the accountants in the firm could have spent any time on that because they were so busy um, pumping through the work, but I was then freed up to focus on that technology. And, and actually, I, I'd run run the paperwork through through 1040 Scan, and I'd do the first first review. Um, I didn't need to be an accountant. I didn't need to be a, a CPA to to confirm that the OCR technology had picked up the right information and put it in the right box. So I it, I, I think. I think going back to your your point about how do you make sure the right people are doing the right work, and if you think about it from that perspective, you break up the the, the tax return or, or the, the monthly close into the appropriate tasks, you can then assign those tasks to the right 
level the right person technology does some and then it hands it over to the the actual people so i think it's more about the associated tasks rather than the, the entire tax return for example well yeah and also i mean at the same time that this article is written you know um there have been a couple of conferences going on and, and there's a, a running theme of um cast is growing by 24 percent and that companies larger companies are seeing that they have to break that old the old standard audit tax and separate out the cast because that's a consultancy and that takes a different mentality it takes a different mindset and one one mindset often blocks the other one yeah I could use a very Disgusting term on that one, but I won't. Um, but you got what I was going to say, right? So you, you, um, I think that that that's maybe if you read the article, that's why I like Jeannie, Jeannie's response the best, and that's because she's saying, "Look at what is it that you're doing, and find the person." that is inquisitive enough and and desirous enough to be able to do that. And I heard over and over and over again that, oh, you can't hire a good accountant because you know what? You're competing with technology companies. Technology companies right now in the United States are letting go of people. Um, but do you really, with the, with the onset of technology, with the onset of bots that are doing a lot of the back-end work, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not an accountant, I know, and I'm not a bookkeeper, I know, but I flip into how to do most of what you guys do, right? And I did that by self-teaching myself. And if, and I was just, I listened to a webinar that Megan Turnover gave about how she uses QBO for nonprofits. And I had written a book about that years ago, but I had never go back in and, and do work like that anymore. And she was using QBO and the way she did it, and when it was just so logical, and you could tell that she understood the end result that the client needed and went back and looked at the technology to see how the technology would give the end result. And then the responses and the questions you could see that were coming up where people were going, oh, no, oh, no, oh, I would never do that. Oh, no. And you could tell <laughs> the, the old school accountants that were saying that. And But the thing is, she got the end result. Well, but, isn't that interesting? The, the, the old the old school thinking about the inputs and, and what you have to do to, yeah. to, to process, whereas... Exactly what she was doing and I'm sitting there going she's brilliant oh my god that is so cool she's awesome so I mean I think that I think that you need a combination of both kinds of people but don't don't not hire uh, somebody who likes technology because you think they don't know anything about accounting because you can teach them you can teach them that and don't think that just because you hired somebody who's into accounting that they really like to do data entry. They may be. You need to discover what it is they want. And um, so I, 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 I'm in agreement that this is a very good discussion to be had. But I am in the camp of uh, the Countess of Communications who says, yeah, find the person and find out what they want and find out if they fit your 
needs. And well, I, do- I mean, I think that's a really interesting point, isn't it, Penny? Because again, fits your needs and fits what you what what particular role and and um, skill set you need in your firm. And I I think that really goes back to some of the things that we were talking about in 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 our first episodes about you really define what it is your firm does. Because again, a lot of people just go out for a, a, a four-year experienced um, CPA manager or something, but don't actually think about what is the output that we're trying to do for our clients? Are we just churning through the work or, or, or are we actually trying to make a meaningful difference in our clients' businesses? And I think that's a really interesting point that you bring up is what is the right person, the right skill set for the outcome that you're trying to achieve for your clients rather than just somebody responsible for all the inputs and, and processing of data. So again, take take that time to think about what it is that we're trying to do in our firm that's going to make a difference to our clients' lives, to our people's lives, to our team's lives, to, to my life, um, and 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 then find that person that that's that has the skill set that's going to to help move your business in in that direction. I agree, and I, but I also understand why somebody would say, "Well, you need the accountants because eventually you do need somebody who, like you said, Chris and Tara would do the. They would understand the tax law. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. The, the ramifications of moving the money in a particular way whether it's in a tax return or whether it's just to manage a business and that managerial financial stuff. Yeah. Pro- but I mean, you know, for a tax return, yeah, you're going to need a CPA. Yeah. You're going to, and, and this young guy years ago who, when I was teaching him how to use some of these cloud stuff, he said, Oh my God, how are new kids going to learn what I learned by going through two years of doing an audit? I'm like, um, do you, did you, Okay, when I was in school, I hated some of the homework we had to get. It was like, sister, you gave me 10 problems to do. Those 10 problems were pretty much the same. Why the hell did I have to do it 10 times? If I got the first two or three right, why did I have to keep on doing it? Um, what, to prove to you that I'm hardworking and that, you know, just because in the, in, that's the way it's always been done, that we're going to assign you mundane, mind-numbing stuff that you already know how to do because that's the way we do things? Screw that. I learned it on the second or third time. I got it down solid. Let's move on. Okay. You know. But, I, but yeah, absolutely. And, and But I think um, early education was about um, practice makes permanent. Um, not necessarily practice makes perfect, but practice makes permanent. But, but also... But it, Got it. You know, by the time you hit eighth grade, those math problems, you know, you got it. You know, let's move but also, on. But, but, but you think about, uh, and I, I'll, it'll be a few years before Gus, is, I'm helping Gus with his math homework, but a lot of the parents that, that I talk to now that have kids in, in, um, in, in, gra- in grade school and they're, they're doing, they, they actually can't help their kids do math because the way math is taught is quite different these days is, is what I understand. So, so the education system, thankfully, has evolved but I'm not sure if necessarily the um, the accounting think, education has has evolved. And, I, and also, so I think go going to they're going to change. They have to change it at the level of the university. I do think the AICPA is driving the change. But um, but I, I you know finding the right person 
it may be, I tell people, like we had this conversation over and over and over again, don't repeat, don't hire, the next hire should be somebody who's interested in learning technology. Because, you know, a lot of these firms are just now, you know, we surround ourselves with accountants who think about the cloud and think about the future, but there's still a lot of them out there that are stuck in the old ways and their clients are stuck in the old ways. And and, and, and also they're, they're, Quite likely, the um, the the teachers and the professors in the universities, and I, I've seen that we've actually had a couple of um, folks come to us to say, "Can you help put QuickBooks online into the local community college because they're teaching QuickBooks Desktop and MyOB and and the, the 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 students that are sitting in those classes are looking at this technology, thinking, "Oh my God, no! Get me out of here! How do I get out of here?" When we were doing it, when we were writing QuickBooks training manuals before you could pick them up off of being a pro advisor, Casper College, where we were in Wyoming, came to us and said, could you write a curriculum to teach young two-year accounting students this program? And so we did. And now, you know, that company, uh, through a great person named Kim Fedor, has built a wonderful curriculum to bring to the universities into it. And I think it's a great idea. I mean, I went out and took a, uh, a QuickBooks class just to see what was going on when I, when I was here in California. And I went to a local community college and took one they advertised. And I walked out of there appalled. Appalled. <laughs> yeah. I'm going, fuck this shit. <laughs> and I told my kids, I said, don't, my daughter was interested in taking it. I said, don't take it. It's a waste of your time. And don't get into accounting because it's it's miserable. And but 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 again, it's I, I think personality. That's why she shouldn't go into. <laughs> I, I I think, but but I, I I think again, as you said, we do surround ourselves with technology forward um, accountants, bookkeepers, and firms, and technologists, etc. But yeah, it's it's. I'm still surprised that we're having this conversation around. Um, is technology going to replace the accountant and, and, and all that type type of thing? But it's it's still an obvious concern of accountants and partners and whatnot. And I'm just wondering, will that just go away once they retire or, or how do you actually change that? And- no, I don't think it's a matter of, uh, I don't think the concern, there might be some people concerned that technology is going to take over for the accountant, but I, I don't get, I think that that's mel- melding into if we don't understand the basics, how can they then, how can we then train people up to handle them? Because there are still some things that we're going to have to do that are driven by compliance and understanding of tax codes and understanding of rules and regulations and, um, and ethics. And how do we get that? and keep that at a level that meets the demand. And um, I think that that's the new paradigm is that, yeah, sure. You know what? You're right. We could go out and we could hire technical people and teach them accounting. But at some point there is, you know, when you are the person who signs that tax return and submits it to the government for a client, you know, if there aren't enough of those, what do we do? What's your what's your take then on 
the 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 flourishing of firms of, of technology companies and and technology and and people companies that uh, are, are talking about the whole automated bookkeeping process and and we can automate your bookkeeping and and they're out in the marketplace talking about this um do you think it's do you think it's actually helping the accounting industry the accounting profession this idea of we can automate your bookkeeping we can automate your accounting is is that creating uh, confusion even even when you talk to them and you utilize them, they'll, they'll go, yeah, well, that kind of business doesn't really suit this. So, I mean, it's really right now, it's not artificial intelligence. Please, people, there's no intelligence involved here. It's a machine, robotic machine process that the, the robot learns to repeat this, repeat this, and that's what robots are good at. Robots need somebody to turn them on and robots need somebody to turn them off. And robots need to know when the re- repetition is not working anymore because that mm. doesn't fit. And so you still need a human eye on that. Um, so that part of it is is good. Is And that part is where you could probably have somebody who has a, a six-week, like me, course in bookkeeping <laughs> who can um, go in and make those decisions. And in that case, yeah, technology Technology doesn't sit on top of the process. Technology is part of the process. And there's a human being manipulating the technology to get the end result that you want. Um, and in those cases, sure, that, that that's very helpful. In fact, it's so helpful for the, that the fact that it even exists allows CAS to actually grow. Because here's the thing is, when you're doing CAS at the level of you're providing that type of in-depth consulting report support for your client, whether it's partial CFO work or you want to call it controllership work or you want to call it whatever you want to call it. But when you're meeting with the client and you're in-depth discussing their future of their business or the future of their money, if they're a you know, high net worth individual, or you, you need to have all the data in front of you. And in order to have all the data in front of you every month and have it uh, organized in the correct way in order for you to have a cognizant conversation with the client. Yeah, technology is what is allowing that to happen. So a combination of this AI slash RPA with somebody who understands technology has enough modicum of information on how to allocate why. Because every CPA in the world I've ever met has always said allocation, allocation is king. If they understand that and they understand the ultimate goal that you want, then yeah, then it works. But if you decide, it, and, and what it does is it allows that cast to scale because how many people can you actually provide good quality support for every month and give them something more than a financial statement, give them a value-added item. Yeah, it's going. You you're going to need technology in order to be able to scale that. But I th- but I I think yes, you will definitely need technology to scale that. But you will need the person that re- that that looks over that technology and monitors that technology. How many examples have we seen? And, and we've gone to the website and and it says real time bookkeeping and monthly this that and that. And then we get into the file and it hasn't been reconciled for three months because a, a, a bank feed broke um three months ago or, or whatever it is but so oh, that, that, that people it's, element is critical it's, it's back to doing the old school 
uh, like the young kid in Colorado who called us and um, and said, you know, I've been waiting six months. They this was it, and they gave me the name of the company. I I knew it, um, and they said they do this, you know, real time bookkeeping, and it's been six months, and they've only given us one close in six months. <laughs> and and he goes and and, and he goes and here's all, everything I've given them, and you know, within three days we had it done for him, and and then I found another firm for him to deal with. It's like it's, it's not my thing, but. Um, you know, I mean, if you, if what happens is they get drawn back into the compliance, they get drawn back into this. And I could see that's why people are thinking, I'm going to take this cast part of this accounting firm and I'm going to split it off because the the partners over here are the, are the old school people over here and the, and those old school clients who only want that, they're dragging everything else down. Mm. You can't see, you can't see the potential until you remove all of the old shit. Yeah, um, and I, I actually remember a, a piece of advice from Chris. He, because I said to him, you know, what should I do? Should I go and get my CPA? Should I do my MBA? And and he, or, or my MBA? And he, he said, the last thing you want to do is go and get your CPA because you'll then get dragged into tax season. Yes. That's the last thing you want to do. Go get your MBA sort of get the firm um, ticking ticking along from a technology standpoint, have the business building conversations with the firm, with the clients of the firm. But the last thing you want to do is is have a skill set that gets you sucked into to doing tax returns um, uh, during tax time. Yeah. So those people that don't want to do that are, are removing themselves from those that want to drag them into it. But what I think... That it doesn't still need to get done. Oh, absolutely. Um, but also, I, I remember that for, and and also, I, I know that there are businesses out there and and firm owners that actually love it and love tax and and couldn't think of hate the idea of bookkeeping and and seeing their clients every month. They just love seeing their clients once a year. And and there are firms out there like that. And I, I just reminded of one of your clients up in, um, I think they're up in the Midwest, up in Chicago. She doesn't do the tax, but she partners with the firm that does the tax. She partners with you for the bookkeeping. She does that strategist role and the catalyst well, role. The strategist, she talks to the clients and she is scheduled. She never misses. She's about to have a baby in a month, her fifth. fifth. <laughs> <And> <laughs> she's holding her weekly meetings with my team. And she, I go, what are you going to do? She goes, well, I, I, she goes, I've told my clients I'll still be here, but I really want some rest. <laughs> Fifth child, we're, we're, we're working on keeping one alive. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, I, I, think, I think that that is, that's kind of clear. One of the things that I said in the presentation I had done a couple weeks ago, um, that one I gave you is, that, you know, if you want to stay in that box, that's fine. That box is necessary. And if, but if you allow, if you allow the people around you to do what they want to do if they want to do cast. They will feed you all the box shit you want to do and you won't ever have to do anything but in the box. And there's nothing wrong with it. The box is needed. The box exists for centuries for a reason. Um, and, it can be pro- and it can be very profitable. And it can be very profitable. And if somebody was feeding you in that box, 
maybe those weeks of tax season would not be so overwhelming because they'd have it all organized. Organized. <laughs> and they'd have all the documentation. And you could just sit there and go, okay, I'm going to do this, 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 and this. And you're not working 14, 15-hour days. Well, I guess that was the theory, wasn't it? That um, you, you want to get into CAS, A, because it's more profitable and all this type of stuff, but also because that's going to make your year-end um, much more efficient and, and your tax season much more efficient and also much more profitable. But also the realization of that is we can't be everything to everyone. And, yeah. and we do actually, and, and as we are small businesses and, and we have a client load and, and whatnot, we can't be everything to everyone. So we do have to make a decision on what it is that we want to focus on. And I think so many firms have just grown or organically without that real in, intention about what it is that they want to focus on and I think that's probably where we why we're working those um, 14 hour days 15 hour days during tax time because we've just said yes to everything um, and, and, and yeah I have a client that's like that yeah and the team that works for her uh, constantly comments on the fact that everything they give us is crisis management yep and um, it's hard for us to get people to work on that team. And the supervisor that manages it, she's been managing that team for three years. And I'll tell you what, every time I see her, I just thank you. And it's on a Zoom meeting or it's a, thank you, thank you. And she just smiles and she goes, I'll get through this, I'll get through this. But you know what? I also, like about a year ago, I said, she needs an assistant uh, so that she, because I wanted her to focus on on specific stuff and there was this one major task that we have to do and there are 200 of them we have to do every month and it's critical i go we're just going to give this to her assistant her assistant's going to run that so she can take care of everything else to lighten her load but it was it's basically we talk about this all the time it's like they work they work on crisis management they let they take everything that comes through the door and it's always last minute and they don't dictate to their clients. And I've got another client on the other side of the country who does, you know, twice as much business. But damn, everything runs smooth. Same size team. Everything runs much smoother because she says to her clients, this is what I do. This is how we do it. If you don't like it, goodbye. Mm. Yeah. Um, and and, and I, I again, I think, Going back to say this article of are we are we training accountants on technology or technologists on accounting? I think it all depends on what your business model is, and and I think it all depends on what your what outcomes you want to achieve for your clients. Um, at the end of the day, it's all about finding the right person and 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 the right attitude and training them. But I think it also does depend on what it is that you want to achieve for your clients. Uh, and if it is that regular routine and um, reg- regular interaction and, and that client accounting services style of of consulting and coaching, then you, you're probably going to be looking at that um, that person that's more technology and you then train them up on some of the accounting principles because their role doesn't necessarily need to be understanding the tax implications and tax code, but it's actually just about processing data, maintaining mm-hmm. relationships, et cetera. Whereas I think if you want to build the, 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 the tax business, then you're probably going to need someone that, that, that does have that tax understanding and that tax know-how, because as you said, that's a critical part of the function as well. 
So I don't know. I, I definitely so high up their attitude. Say again. What was that first step in the book that I wrote? And it was, what do you want to do? What is it that you want to do exactly? And and that's going to help you guide your your hiring. Is it what well, helps you guide everything, doesn't it? But certainly the hiring decision. Yeah. The next step is now you know what you want to do. Present it to your team. Do they want to do this with you? Yeah, 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 yeah. And and the next person that we hire, um, that's going to impact them. How we bring them onto the into the firm. Um, this is what we want to do. Do we have the right clients that that will enable us to do this? And yeah. Take that time, and if, if you are heading to conferences and uh, over the summer or, or or whatnot, and you've got a bit of time in an airport or, or traveling on on flights, take that time to think about: Are we really doing? Am I really doing? Is the firm really doing what it is that we want to do? And um, I think again, there's no time like the present to make that change because if we if we do the same things um, and expect a different result, then uh, we're we're it's shooting ourselves in the foot. Insanity, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and we don't, you know, I mean, it's been two-year horrendous tax season here. Yeah. Um, I don't think anybody wants to redo that. And, uh, you know, we've already been told by some clients, get ready in August. <laughs> and, you know, there's a, we're having a little breather. You know, we got 16 tax returns in one night last week. Wow. And, um, you know, and it's like there was no breather. Yeah, uh, but I think that uh, I think that the, the, I, I see a change. The fact that they wrote this article, that they're discussing this, is just huge. I, I just I I think it's it, it's it, there's a change coming, <laughs> and um, it's happening, and it's pleasant to see. I know. Well, it is pleasant to see. And I think you and I have been talking about this for certainly well and truly well before the, the, this podcast. But um, I don't know, man. It, it, it sort of, it is pleasant, but it's also insanely frustrating that we're still having this conversation. But maybe we're, maybe we're a little bit too far ahead of the game, Penny, and uh, it, it takes a little while for, for everyone That's else to catch up. What's it like to be that far ahead of the ground? <laughs> <laughs> well on that note penny um why don't we put a pin in today's episode um folks i will put the um make sure that that article is in the show notes so you can go and have a uh, have a read of it would love to know what your feedback is and, and connect with us on on linkedin uh penny where can people find out more information about your services um moneypennyllc.com you know. moneypennyllc.com. I'll put that link in the, the show notes as well and, and, and learn more about uh, what Penny's doing and how she helps accounting firms streamline processes and, and get the work done. Um, I'm working over at uh, Intuit Australia. So if there's anything I can do to help, um, reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, but otherwise, we will see everyone or, or hopefully we'll see everyone on the next episode. Penny, have a wonderful evening. You too.